Elliot Friedman joins me now from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada. Elliot, before we get to before we get to a very specific anniversary today, I want to ask another you, one. Okay, you, you'll you'll love this one because this this was. This one was a where were you moment. I remember exactly where I was for the full duration of it. And it was at Markville Mall with my wife and kids when everything started happening. I was getting texts. But pause on that for a second. Uh, Memorial Cup final tonight. It is Hamilton. It is St. John. I just ran down, you know, some of the formative junior hockey years where I really fell in love with it. Um, The Hamilton Fin Cups and then the New Westminster Bruins and the Toronto Marlies with Bruce Dowie. When I say Memorial Cup to you, what comes to your mind, Elliot Friedman? Well, the ones I really remember were the ones in, uh, you know, in, in the late 70s, early 80s, I guess. Cornwall? And the first one, well, yes, Cornwall and, and Kitchener, right? Steve Eiserman, um, Mark Crawford, I think, played for Cornwall yes. at the time. Dale yeah. Howarchuk, yes, not did. Steve Eiserman. Not Steve Eiserman, Al McInnes. Al yep. McInnes. On that Kitchener team. Yes, because Kitchener won one year and Cornwall won one year. And Cornwall had, yeah. yeah, Cornwall had Dale Howarchuk, and I think they had Scott Arneal too, right? He was and part Doug, of that team. Doug, Doug Gilmore as a defenseman. Yeah, and and Mark Crawford I think was on that team as well. And Absolutely. then I remember Kitchener, which now McInnes was on that team. Was Scott Stevens still on Kitchener? Or did he lose and then move on? I think that Scott Stevens was on that team with Al McInnes. Let me just yes. check that in one second here while you filibuster. And the other one I remember, they were a little bit earlier, but I remember the New Westminster Bruins because I just they won two in a row in the late '70s, and yeah. and I can't remember who would be the commentators when that when those games were on TV. But it was it was like here are the New Westminster Bruins who just kill everybody, and yeah, I kind of remember being <laughs> interested in that. They're they're here to to beat you up and take your per diem and take the Memorial Cup back to British Columbia. Uh, Al McInnes was on that team. Scott Stevens was on that team. They were referring this would be the 1980 team. Joe Crozier would have been the coach, and yeah. their leading scorer was I mean what a stacked team. Brian Bellows. Oh, I was going to say it was it was Steve Larmer there. I can't remember if that was he was on that one. I can't remember. But Jeff Jeff uh, Larmer was Jeff Larmer. Jeff was Larmer. On team. Okay, so the brother. So. And, and Wendell Young was the goalie. Wendell Young was the goaltender. Oh, Wendell Young was the goalie. Well, because Joe Crozier was with that team. And if I'm not mistaken, Cornwall's coach was uh, Orval Tessier, who later Correct. became uh, the 25 new heart transplants guy for the Chicago Blackhawks. 100%. These oh, are uh, all-time great quotes. Uh, what was it? You want to share that one with everybody? Well, they lost the Stanley Cup final. I think it was to the Islanders, uh, and the Islanders were so much better than everybody else. I can't remember if that was an Islanders or Oilers final, but the Islanders were whoever it was was just so much better than everybody else. And the Blackhawks lost, and they asked him what his team needed to win, and he said, "25 new heart transplants." And I, I just remember hearing that quote as like a. 13, 14 year old or something like that. <laughs> and just saying that they're in the Stanley Cup final. Like, come on. And you know what? He was, he you was fired on. not long after. Yeah. Just a, a, he, he had, he was the coach of that team. You know who actually was the coach when they won it, though? I think who was, it was that? Bo- I think it was Bob Kilger. Chad Kilger's dad. Been. Well, Doug Carpenter was around there, too, right? He was in Cornwall, I think. So, 
Huh. It was... Well, we've really gone down a rabbit hole here. People are just clicking to another... Another Roger station as quickly as they possibly can. <laughs> um, okay, let me let me go over the anniversary. Okay. When I when I say the twenty three minutes that rocked the hockey world, what oh, do you wow. think? Uh, I, I think of all three of them: Stamkos, Taylor yep. Hall, and yep. Subban. Yep. Yeah, that was on this day in 2016. Hall for Larson, Weber, Subban, and Stamco signs the uh, the eight-year, $68 million deal with the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I'll ask you the same thing. I was at Markville Mall. Where were you when it all went down? Do you recall? Yeah, I was at home because I started getting texts about it. And, um, you know, I, and then obviously, like everybody else, you're like, what, what just happened? Like, what what just happened here, and it, 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 it one of those was big enough, but then you know there just kept on coming more and more, and I, I remember texting people at the end of that third one, and I can't remember if the third one was Subban or it was Stamkos. I think Hall was first, but I remember just texting around: Is there any more else coming? And people saying, "What else could there be? Like, haven't hasn't enough <laughs> happened today?" But I just remember how crazy that all was. Um, and you know, at the draft the weekend before, um, there was, you know, I think I think the two trades there had been some groundwork done at the draft the weekend before, and 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 don't forget too, like that whole thing was about where was Subban going? Like they had some talks with Edmonton. They had some talks with Vancouver that ended mm-hmm. when uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois was Columbus took him and he, they couldn't get him to Montreal. Um, you know, there was, that was a crazy, crazy afternoon. And if you really think about it now, um, you know, how many of those particulars are still, I mean, the only one that's, the, the only one that worked the way everybody hoped it would work in terms of a championship is the guy who stayed, and that was Stamkos. And that was Steven Stamkos, and the legend grows. Uh, so that was on this day in 2016. Okay, to today. And many people woke up to read your tweet about Kevin Fiala, how that situation is heating up. We are one week and one day away from the first round of the NHL draft in Montreal. And this is generally where trade chatter picks up, Elliot. I mean, sometimes, as you mentioned, like seeds get planted around trade deadline time. It doesn't work, and they pick up again, and we find them consummated in the summer, usually around the draft, maybe even the summer before. Um, A, does it feel like things are heating up now, and what can you tell us about Fiala? I think they are heating up around Fiala. I I had a couple of texts this morning saying, you know, start looking into it, start looking into it. Um, I I don't know about permission uh, to talk to him about a contract, but I don't know that that hasn't happened either. Um, There's there's definitely been a lot of talk around him. Like just all the people you check in with, anything pressing, anything pressing. And I got a little – I got – a lot more than normal of Fiala today. So I think there's definitely um, some momentum there. I, I, I think Bill, I think 
you know, Garen, I haven't spoken to Garen or anything like that. He's not saying anything, but there is definitely a feeling out there that he's motivated to make the move. Um, and it, and he's just trying to line it up. And, and now I think this is me purely speculating. I, I think the teams that are around there, I think if I had to guess, it would be New Jersey. It would be L.A. It would be Ottawa. I had some people say Buffalo. I, I can't say yes or no one way or the other. Um, I'm sure there's more, but those are the teams that make most sense to me because they have what Minnesota needs. And that is people who can play under, you know, lesser value contracts or assets that can mm-hmm. turn into lesser value contracts. All of that makes sense. Uh, you mentioned Pierre-Luc Dubois a couple of seconds ago um, in regards to the 2016 draft. Is there any more momentum there? Could we be looking at Pierre-Luc Dubois getting moved by the draft? Or is this a longer-term play, you think, for Winnipeg? I... I I think Winnipeg first is going to want to get its its coach done. Um, I think they've been focusing on that this week. I, I do think, you know, after the news came out, they, they got some calls and things like that. What are you thinking there? What are you going to do? You know, the, like I said, the, the, the thing that I get the most is that Shevel Day off is patient, and he will do what he needs to do, which he thinks is the best for his team. So someone told me don't expect a, a rush judgment there. Um, Boston Bruins and their coaching decision. You suspected on Twitter we could see something perhaps as early as today. We've talked about David Quinn. We've talked about Jim Montgomery as well. Um, sounds like they're close. Free just sounds like they're close. I, I, I do think they're close. Like yesterday, the names we mentioned were Quinn and Montgomery. Um, you know, I, 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 I do think there were some people who were interviewed once who were not interviewed a second time, at least not yet. And I do, I, I had heard through the grapevine today that Boston was planning on letting people know, um, you know, basically letting the candidates know where it stood. So I do think we're going to get, I do think it's possible we get some clarity this afternoon. Uh, do you think that, that all these decisions get made before the draft next week, whether it's Winnipeg, whether it's Detroit, whether it's, it's Boston? I think I think I think Boston is definitely moving. Like I said, I, I think there's a chance we could know today. Winnipeg definitely accelerated its timeline this week. Now that there's certainty on trots, uh, I do believe they've begun moving in their second round of interviews, and we are aware, and they're getting closer. Um, Detroit, look, now that Tampa's out, uh, I think we find out, you know, basically where they are and 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 where they're going. Um, and, you know, the one to me that I'm kind of sitting there and, and trying to figure out is San Jose. I think San Jose is um, San Jose in its final group, um, and that's kind of where they are. I, I think one of them is probably Ray Whitney. I think one of them is probably Mike Greer, and I think there's someone else but i'm not 100 percent sure who that is at this time so but the one thing about so i think san jose is getting closer i just don't know when they're going to be set to make their announcement or make their final decision have we heard anything more on the mysterious international candidate 
Uh, no, I, I have not. The, the third name that's been kind of hinted to me is not that candidate. I, like, I, I do think there's a chance. Like, you and I took some swings and misses, right? Like, we stood up there like yep. like uh, like 1970s. Oh, well, actually, we'll call it for the... For the to, for a younger, more hip uh, comparison, <laughs> we're like Joey Gallo. We either hit it into the fifth deck or we strike out swinging. I, I, I think we were off on the Abbott brothers. I think we were off on the... That was mine. Swiss I was candidate. off on that. Uh, Raffner was the Swiss candidate. I think I was off on that. But I think we may have connected on Garp and Love. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was in the, if he was in the mix. Former uh, former San Jose Shark. Um, Anthony DeClaire and the injury, and it doesn't sound good, and it sounds like it'll be a, a long recovery uh, for the Florida Panther. What do you hear? What do you know? I got a text uh, after the news came out. You know, Pierre beat me to it. I was trying to get all the exact details, and he got it out just before I, uh, I could. I believe he's having surgery tomorrow, and it sounds like it's a full Achilles tear. Which is a, a terrible shame. I really, I really feel for him. I don't know the exact details. I, I don't know how it happened, um, but that's what I'm. That's what I'm hearing right now. So the Florida Panthers. Uh, I mean, is it too soon, or do we say that Bill Zito now has to go into action? I well, put it this way. I think you know, like it, it happened recently. He saw the doctors this week. Someone told me they think it happened. Oh, when uh, I want to say they—they they told me I can't really look at my notes while I'm driving here, Jeff. So no problem. I'm I'm gonna guess. I think it happened around last Friday, so they're probably just coming to grips with it. All right. Right. Well, but, you no. know, I mean, like a full Achilles tear. Assuming that's what it is, and I believe it is. Like that's that sucks. That's a long recovery. Uh, that's a recovery, and then you worry about long-term implications of something like that after players have had that. I mean, listen, there's there's been a number of uh, players, elite-level players in the NHL that have that have gone through that. And just to be blunt, and I don't want to get ahead of myself here with Anthony DeClaire, but historically, we've seen players' careers significantly change after this injury. Well, you know, I'll say this because I could think of one guy who came back and was still a hell of a player, if I remember correctly, was Dan Marino. So, you know, Dan Marino was a Miami Dolphin. He's a Florida Panther, close enough, I guess. Hopefully, <laughs> you know, hopefully hopefully there's some positivity there. But if I, like, people can tell me if I'm wrong. Like I said, I'm driving. I can't really look at anything right now except the road officers and well done out there um you know but i i I could if i remember correctly marino tore his achilles and came back and was still a hell of a quarterback let me ask you about a couple of things here before that's probably the first time in his life that anthony duclair has been compared to dan marino dan marino yeah well, I was I, I was waiting for the stretch too. It's like, well, they're in the same state. I'm like, oh boy, this is a whopper here from free. Yeah, we'll I'm just... really I'm really going off the rails for this one. Yes, it's good. You're driving this one in the ditch. Um, let me ask you about the Detroit Red Wings. I'm going to talk to Kevin Allen here in a couple of moments uh, yeah. about the Wings and their coaching situation. And you know, I, I think a lot of us are wondering. Like, we knew this was going to be a rebuild of some significance, and they've gone about it very deliberately. 
and yeah. they've got about it very efficiently. Uh, I wonder about patience in that marketplace, and if they're, you know, they're looking at thirty-five million dollars of cap space, and I wonder if that if the temptation is there or the need is there right now to move this thing along a little quicker. Cider's there, Raymond's there, other players will be joining, younger players, and they have a lot of room to work with right now. The coaching thing is one issue, and then players is another. What are you most curious about right now, outside of the coaching decisions? What are you most curious about right now with the Detroit Red Wings? I think you just said it, Jeff. It's you know, Eiserman doesn't tip his hand on anything, right? He no. he he doesn't say a thing. And so last year when Lidstrom came in, they were still in the race. And I remember I asked him like, "Does this accelerate your process?" And he said, "It doesn't really change anything for me. When I feel the move makes sense, I'll." I'll make the move, right? So it's not like he really tips his hand. You know, one of the things I've, I've kind of been wondering about is would Detroit be a team for Campbell, uh, Jack Campbell? Because, mm-hmm. you know, you know they have Nedeljkovic. You know, they, they need another guy. Grice had a, a really tough year for them. And, you know, Campbell's a, a Michigan guy. Like, to me, yeah. it, it would make sense. And, you know, someone just said to me, they just don't know. Like they found it very hard to tell if Detroit's a player for any of these top guys, and that's the one thing about Eisman. He loves keeping people guessing, and mm-hmm. that's what he's doing right now. He's keeping people guessing. You know, I think we all wonder about either people that were born in Michigan, and you mentioned um, Jack Campbell of Port Huron. Uh, or went to Michigan, uh, played there uh, for the Wolverines. You know, the the idea of them, you know, uh, quote-unquote, going back home. Like, how many times have we wondered about, you know, could this be a landing spot for Andrew Kopp, for example? You know, it it seems as if, you know, anyone who has any association with that state, we want to marry to the Detroit Red Wings, either fairly or not. But does any of that make make sense to you, though, Freege? I mean, it does a little bit. Like, the, the one thing I agree with you on is that they need to pump up, you know, the excitement back in their market. Like, they did it this year, Cider Rookie of the Year. Uh, obviously, those fans are really excited about Raymond, too. But, you know, you, you've got to win a certain point. Like, the one I watch right now, actually, um, Jeff, is Larkin. Like, I, I do think they are talking to Larkin about an extension. And I, and I do think the goal is to get it done. Um, and I and I wouldn't be surprised if it gets done. You know, the one thing there, I think, and you, do you have do you have uh, one of the sites open right now? Whether it's Cap yeah, friendly I do. Or Pop- yeah, I got friendly open. Yeah, I got friendly when open. Does, when does Larkin's no trade kick in? It's this year, right? Uh, hang on. This is more excellent radio. Let's go to his latest contract. Like Larkin has a no trade that kicks in. Yes, he kicks in this season. So 22-23 no trade clause, yes. So what that, what that says to me is that I wouldn't be surprised if they're working on something and the Red Wings want to know by the time that kicks in. They're working on a potential deal for him. 
Yeah, an extension, like an extension. Yeah, oh, an ex- okay. I thought you meant like they're 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 working no. on something, and before the no trade kicks in, they they want no, to know whether no, he wants no, to sign no, no. sign an extension with the Red Wings. No, no, I I don't think they're working okay. on a trade, but I, I I think it's more like I I I really think like like I, I do, like look like when you switch agents like he did, yeah, you're about to you're about to do business, right? So I normally that's I, the course I, of events. Yeah, like I, I like it's like so that what that says. I I think they're trying to do some business there, and you know we'll see. Like they, and 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 then someone point out to me. Don't forget that Larkin has like a no trade that kicks in, and is Detroit going to want to know, bef- like his intentions before the no trade kicks in? It's all it's all interesting stuff. All right, we'll uh we'll punt. We're close to the bottom here anyway. I turned around and there he was, gone. Uh, that's Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts in Hockey Night in Canada.